series on the Holy Spirit. And we've been answering questions every week. We've been asking, answering questions like, who is He? Who is the Holy Spirit? What is He like? Um, two weeks ago, um, I asked the question, is He Pentecostal? And so we answered that question. Last week, uh, David Messner talked about answering questions about baptism. It just did, just did a fantastic job. Uh, this week, I'm going to answer the question, is He charismatic? Is He charismatic? And so, you know, it's again, it's similar to answering the question, like, is he Pentecostal? Because it depends on what definition you use of charismatic, of whether the Holy Spirit is charismatic or not. It's, um, it's you know, the, the word charismatic, it's, it's a word charisma, charismatic. It's a word that we're familiar with um, in our culture. And for a cultural definition, if you're going to talk about somebody that has charisma or charismatic, you're talking about somebody that has high energy, somebody that has that it factor, uh, somebody that would attract or draw people uh, to themselves, and also the word charismatic. You think of the word charismatic, you can think of the words, you can think of like a, a style of worship, a style of music, it'd be maybe some different uh, um, uh, worship services that you'd see on TV, you'd see those types of different, that's what you would think of when you think of charismatic, but what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a biblical definition of charismatic. Charismatic comes from the word charisma. And charisma, what charisma means, it's the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Spirit-filled believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. There's plenty of room in your notes to, take, to write some of these down. Let me read it one more time. Charisma is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of a Spirit-filled believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. And so what we have to do is, well, what does this word mean? What does this word mean? charismatic or charisma what does it mean well this this last week heather and i watched my big my big fat greek wedding too has anybody seen am i the only man that's seen that movie? okay good i got another man that's watched that movie. thank you eddie i appreciate that so i watched this and, and when i was preparing this sermon i felt like the grandpa on my big fat greek wedding because Every time I would, I'm doing research, I'm always going back to the Greek. And, and our, our English words, even many of them do come from Greek words, especially what we use in the Bible. And so I feel like I need a bottle of Windex and I've, as I'm just breaking down these Greek words. But there you go. So there you go. So charis, is, charis means, comes from the Greek word, which means grace. And ma comes from the Greek word, which means gift. So there you go. Charisma. It comes from the Greek, but it means a gift of grace. In fact, it, it, and we have this on the screen, the word charismatic comes from the Greek word charisma, which means grace gift. So if you've been given a gift by God, by His grace, to share with others, then you're charismatic. Now, there you go. How's that? So if you have a gift God gave you by grace, you're charismatic. So turn to your neighbor and say, hey, I think you're charismatic. Say that, say that to your neighbor. You know, one of the things that I've been trying to do with this series is I've been trying to take a lot of the fear out. The enemy has tried to use fear to get us, to keep us as churches from talking about the Holy Spirit, from allowing him to have his way of walking in fear. But we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And so one of the, really one of the goals is to, is to correct miscommunication, misunderstanding, and help us really understand the spiritual truths that have to do with regard to the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. In fact, if you'll turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, I'll be reading out of the New King James translation. And we're just going to walk through this verse this morning. 
First Corinthians, or these, these, some of these verses. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, the word gifts there, yours may be in italicized right there. It's not in the original. It was added to bring clarification, to bring understanding. So the original Greek would say something like, Now concerning and regarding to these spirituals, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. And again, it's like what David was saying last week about not being deceived. It's not that, it's not that we're stupid. It's not what he's... It's not what Paul's saying. What Paul's saying is, I really want you to understand. I really want you to have a grasp. Um, I don't want you to miss out on all that the Holy Spirit has for you. So I really want you to get this. I really want you to understand this. And so in his correspondence back and forth with the church at Corinth, who is a Gentile church who did not have a, a Judeo background, he was really having to train them in all of these things. And so he was explaining to them exactly what's going on. And, and the word there, spiritual, spirituals, um, it is from the Greek, can you believe that? Pneumaticos, so there you go. Pneumaticos, which means spirit-filled. It means, it's the idea of, it's the idea of spirituals, of being empowered by breath or by wind. It's like the mighty rushing wind. It's the same concept, same words that's used with the Holy Spirit. It's empowered by the breath, by the Spirit of God. Guys, you know that... Um, that we have pneumatic drills, right? What's a pneumatic drill? Well, a pneumatic drill is an air-powered drill, right? So it's the same. It's powered by air. So these, these gifts are not powered by man. They're not powered by natural means. They're powered by the Spirit of God, by supernatural means. And he's saying, I don't want you to, I don't want you to miss out. I want you to be ignorant. And so there's three areas, three places in the New Testament where we see a concentration or a talk about spiritual gifts. The first one is in Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. Those are the motivational gifts. Those are the gifts of the Father. And these are, these are. I would say it this way, and I don't have time to get into it. I wish we did. Um, maybe we do it again sometime in too, far too, not far too distant future. But this is the motivational gifts out of Romans or how we're wired. It's how the Lord has set us up. It's how He's made us. And so you at least are one of those. For me on there, if you read those, I'm an exhorter. That, that's who I am, an exhorter. I'm an encourager. I just, that's how God's made me. And, and so I'm, I'm wired that way. And in, in, in uh, the next set, another set you'll see is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, which talks about apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, that, that those are gifts that Jesus has given for the edification of the church. And then we see in Corinthians, the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation gifts. And so I'm going to read here, starting at verse 7. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Can you say each one? Each one. The assumption here, the understanding, is that the, the church would be a people of Spirit-filled people. And so to each one, for the profit of all, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues but one in the same spirit works all of these distributing to each one individually how he wills and i think one thing that's happened in the life of the church that has caused um just some difficulty some misunderstanding maybe you've participated in them i know i have but they're spiritual gift surveys and you, you can take a survey that helps you discover what your spiritual gifts are. And to a certain degree, that's, that's very helpful. I think one of the difficulties of that is, is that all of the spiritual gifts in the Bible are all lumped together. They're all treated the same, and they're actually not 
all the same. There, 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 there are differences of them, of how we're made up with this spiritual gift mix. And so what ends up happening is that so often people will come out of that experience thinking that there is this one spiritual gift that they have out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, maybe it might be a prophecy. And so the, they've seen the Lord use them to give prophecy before. So my spiritual gift is prophecy, and it's like a, a lanyard or a label you'd wear on the on. On, on your shirt. My name is Jay, and I have the spiritual gift of prophecy. I mean, that, and so you look for a place to use your spiritual gift of prophecy. Now, that's good to look for a place to use that, but it's, there's faulty understanding there because it never says anywhere that these spiritual gifts are ours. They're His. They're not ours. So let me encourage you in this that you, you don't have any spiritual gifts. He has spiritual gifts because He's the Spirit. And they're his gifts. And what he does is he gives to each one as he sees fit at any time that he sees fit. So rather than you having a spiritual gift that you operate in, the spiritual gifts in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Those are the ones we're specifically talking about this morning. So try to put the others out of your mind and just think about these right here because I'm dealing specifically with this context of these gifts of the Holy Spirit. That you don't have one of these. What you do have is you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And as a Spirit-filled believer, we're basically on, or we should be on all the time, available to be used by the Holy Spirit, that at any time He could choose to use any one of us with any one of these gifts. Does that make sense? And so we don't pick and choose, He picks and chooses. And He pours out as He will. But we have to be open. We have to be ready. We have to be willing to, to listen, to hear, for that still small voice, and to respond in faith, because it takes faith. To, to, to operate in these, and then we're obedient, and we move out in, in that. And so I want you to think about that. I want you to grasp that, that they're all available, they're all His, but He gives any, any of them to us whenever they're needed to advance His kingdom and to work in the things of the Spirit. D does that make sense? Is that, is that helpful? Good, good. So what we're going to do is we're going to break these down into three groupings or three categories. The discerning gifts, the declarative gifts, and the dynamic gifts. You see, part of the problem is when you begin to teach Scripture is that as a teacher, you want to get everything in a nice three-point outline, right? So you want to take these things of the Holy Spirit, these gifts, and we want to organize them and put them in ways that we can try to understand them because they surpass our understanding. But we try to put handles on them so that we can understand and we can operate in them. And so I'm going to do that. I'm going to lay it out in a very organized fashion. But the reality is is that when you're operating in spiritual giftings and you have the motivational gift in Romans, you have the um, manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, you have the ministerial gifts in Ephesians 4, that it's really more like this. That's really more how it's like. But we're going to try to put in a nice order today. And so the first we're going to start with is the discerning gifts. And so you can make note of that. There's going to be three categories, and then the first category of the discerning gifts is word of knowledge. Word of knowledge, and I have a definition up here. A word of knowledge is to know something specific without knowing it by natural means. To know something specific without knowing it by natural means. Because we have understanding, we have knowledge, right? But it's being able to understand and know something supernaturally that you didn't know by natural means. Now, this does not mean that you don't study for a test and you go in to take the test and you pray for the word of knowledge that you'll have all the right answers. I don't know, maybe that'll work for you. I tried that once. It didn't, it didn't help me at all. It didn't work. It didn't work. This is for the edification and the encouragement and the help of others is what these spiritual gifts are given for. 
And so it's knowing something supernatural that you wouldn't know naturally. A few weeks ago, second service, um, during our time of worship, uh, I just sensed the Lord. Um, and and when, you, when you're beginning to operate in things of the Spirit, these spiritual gifts, you get a sensing. It's not a loud, audible, I've never heard an audible voice from God. It's like, it's the same, 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 same still lead you on a daily basis. And so that's why we have to train ourselves to listen to the Holy Spirit and to obey Him in everyday life because that's the same voice that He uses to lead us in gifts of the Spirit. And so, and so I just, I, I, I sensed the Lord saying that there was a, a person here that they were really hurting in their back and the Lord wanted to heal them. Well, immediately when you begin to operate in things of the Spirit, the logical side of you or the enemy or whoever, I don't even know how it all works, begins to fight against that. And so the next very, very next thought I have is, yeah, sure, right. You got a couple hundred people. Yeah, I bet there is somebody whose back hurts. Yeah, that's a safe one, Jay. Yeah, that's, that's 100% right there. You know? And I, was, I had to fight that. I was like, no, there's somebody specific that I know the Lord wants to touch. And so I just said, hey, is, is there somebody that you'd say that you came with, with pain and you're in pain right now and the Lord wants to, wants to heal you? And there's a person in the back that raised their hand. She was her first time here. I had never met her. And so I had the ladies around her lay their hands on her and pray for her. And I saw her after service and the Lord touched her. And she came needing a touch from the Lord and the Lord did that. He knew that he did that for her. And I wouldn't have known that except the Lord let me understand that. Let me, let me sense it. I can tell you this is a unique, this is a unique situation with, gift, with the gift of the word of, of knowledge. Is that I've had on three different occasions, I think about, about three, the Lord's told me the name of a person that I didn't know their name. That's, that is, and, and I've tried it other times. Of Okay, Lord, let me, get, let me know their name. Let me know. Yeah, it, no. It, it, but the Lord, and so I, at least several different times. That I've, I've gone it's, it, to talk to a person that I've met before, but I just, I don't remember the name, and a name will come to my mind. And the first time it happened, this name came to my mind, and I just went for it, and it was their name. And it's happened to me. And why is that? Is it so jail looks smart? No, it's for, for some reason with that person, the Lord wanted them to know that they were known. He wanted them to know that they were known and that they were special and that, the, that, that they were known. And so it's not, spiritual gifts aren't something you just turn on and off, right? But it's something you make yourself available. But there's this continual flow of the, of the Holy Spirit and of what, and of what he, he wants to do. So I won't, have, I, won't have the, I won't have enough time to spend equal time on all of these. I'm so sorry. And, and I'm probably going to spend more time on the front end. And I apologize. But this is what happened with Jesus when he encountered the woman at the well. Do you remember that? He said, um, hey, will you go get your husband? And she's like, yeah, I don't have a husband. And he's like, yeah, I know you don't. You've had five, and the man you're living with right now is not your husband. How did Jesus know that? Was it because he was God? Well, Philippians tells us that when Jesus came to earth, he, he divested himself. He emptied himself of, of the divine rights, of the divine enablements. That, and so we know that when the Holy Spirit came upon him at his baptism, he began to operate in the power of the Spirit. And so we see all through Scripture Jesus operating in gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so he models this for us of, of, of what this looks like. So the second one is word of wisdom. It's not being a wise person, which being a, a wise person is fantastic. But what a word of wisdom is, is a divine answer or solution for a particular event. There's an issue, there's a problem, and the Lord just drops the answer into somebody's into somebody i see this often the way i often see this is in our council meetings we'll be dealing with the church issue a difficult issue and we have wise people on our council but sometimes one of them will say something you know it's it's wiser than what they are 
It's, it's, an, it's an answer of the Lord. And, and when this happens, it's like everybody responds of, yeah, yeah, that's of the Lord. Yeah, that's a, that's a word of wisdom. And it's moved our church forward several times when there's been an issue or struggle that we've dealt with and the Lord will give one of our council members a word of wisdom and it's the solution. It's the right answer and you'll see the church move forward. I believe that can happen in your business. I believe that can happen in your family as you face difficulties. We don't have to figure everything out on our own that the Holy Spirit wants to give us insight and wisdom and understanding. The third one is discerning of spirits. Uh, Some of your translations may say distinguishing of spirits. That is to be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. Now, this is not the gift of discernment, okay? You look really hard in your Bible when you get home and see if you can find the gift of discernment. It's not in there. Nobody, people that tell me have the gift of discernment, usually they have the spirit of criticism is usually what they have. There, there is no gift of discernment. Now, you can be a discerning person. We should be discerning. We should be able to, do, to, to distinguish right and wrong. Be discerning people, have good sense, but this is a, this is a, a, a knowing, being able to identify demonic spirits and be able to address them spiritually because you identify them and know who they are. About 10 months ago, it was, it was again, second service, and I was preaching, and a, and a lady, she walked in, came over here, and sat down in the back. We had some chairs in front of where the sign-up sheet was. I'm not sure we had that at the time. Came in and sat down right there, and as soon as she sat down, I immediately knew that she was a witch. Now, I don't know. Naturally, I would have no understanding of that. I would not understand that, but I immediately knew that, that she was a witch. And so I, I mean, I just kept preaching. We had service. We, we did what we do. And when we got home, I, I remember where I was standing, standing in front of our island. And I was right here, and Heather was right here. And I said, I said, Heather, did you see the lady that walked into second service this morning? And immediately at the exact same time, we both said, she's a witch. I mean, it was like in stereo, right? Like, you should have seen the look on my boys' faces. Both of them were just like, like, I mean, we don't, we don't stand at home talking about witches, right? I mean, they're just like, what are you? Jacob actually thought we were joking. He started laughing. Like, he thought, it was, he thought we were talking about somebody that was mean. Oh, she's a witch, you know? She's mean. Not that we would ever say that about anybody. I'm not, never, never would, never would say that. Yeah, moving right along. Um, so it just immediately, and then it, it was, it was actually true. A few weeks, she started causing issues in the church. We met with her opportunity to give her deliverance a few weeks later with several of the leaders of the church. And she admitted, she said she was a witch and she was not from this area. She was sent on assignment to cause trouble. That's what she was doing. And it was, and so how do we, we were able to take care of that and deal with that because distinguishing of spirits. That's, this is for real guys. This is for today. This is reality. This is Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that's the first set of gifts. The second set of gifts are the declarative gifts. There's three declarative gifts. There's prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. A prophecy is a message of encouragement from God to a person. It always brings edification, exhortation, and comfort to others. We don't see in 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 um, in Scripture where it brings um, where it brings correction. We don't see. Now, there is correction that can be brought. We know in Timothy that it's brought through the Scripture, that there is a place for correction. But the spiritual gift of prophecy is one for encouragement and is one for edification. Um, and so often it involves a Scripture. And this is one of the spiritual gifts that I often begin to see people operate in first and most quickly. In fact, even in the New Testament, when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, two of the... Um, 
things that occurred so often after that is they would begin to speak in other tongues and they would begin to prophesy. And so prophecy is one of the, the gifts that you really um, begin to operate in the first. And what it is, is you get a sensing, you get an understanding of the Lord of what he wants to do for somebody else. And, and I would encourage you, one of the easiest ways to begin to move into this gifting and to begin to operate in this spiritual gifting is when you pray for people. It's what I would call praying prophetically for, for, peer, for people. Because there's a couple different ways you can pray. You know, when you pray for people, you can just pray according to your mind. You can just pray, you know, the Lord bless them prayer. Lord, take care. And that's, and okay, yeah, sure. Who, who doesn't want to be blessed, right? I mean, we all want to be blessed. But instead of just praying what's in your mind, if you can take a moment, you can listen. And you can begin to, to have an understanding. And that's the only way I know, because I don't hear audible voices. But you can begin to have an understanding of what the Lord wants to do. And then you begin to pray that out. And as you do that, that will help you transition. Because it's a whole lot less intimidating to pray for somebody than to stand there and break out into King James Version and say, thus saith the Lord, and start saying what you think God's saying, right? Because you don't have to learn King James to prophesy. And so I would encourage you to begin praying prophetically over people. And what I mean by that is listening, what does the Lord want you to pray? And then as you grow in confidence and in faith in that, then it doesn't have to be in the form of prayer that you could say to a friend, you could say, you know, you know, Beth, I, uh, I just sense the Lord is saying this. I, I, I I, say, I, just, I give it to you. This is, this is what I, I think I'm hearing. And if, you can, if the Lord will give you a verse, and so you have to be putting the word in you so that you have a word to share some, with somebody because the, the Bible is a sure word of prophecy, right? That's something you can take to the bank. And so if the Lord gives you a word for somebody out of the word and then gives you um, something on top of that, then that's just a beautiful picture. Sometimes he'll give you an image or a picture and you can share that. And so you simply offer it to a person and you don't have to convince them it's of God. If it's of God, they'll know that. If it's of God, it'll take root. It'll bear fruit in their life. And so that's, that's between them and the Lord. And so that's a declarative gift, a gift of prophecy, a gift of tongues. A gift of tongues is a message from God in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. Now the manifestation of the gift of tongues here is different than prayer language. And often <clears throat> these are confused. And we'll talk more about this next week. But often there's confusion on that. But when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as David talked about last week, and you begin to speak in other tongues, that is a prayer language that is different than a message of tongues. A message of tongues is something that's declared out where other people can hear it as well. And then it's followed by interpretation so that it can be understood and so that it can benefit others because first Corinthians, in fact look at first corinthians chapter 14 it's probably just turning a page in your in your bible but it says first uh, corinthians 14 4 and he who prophesies oh that's verse 3 verse 4 uh, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself but he who prophesies edifies the church so when you're giving a prophetic word it, it helps everybody and the word church there is not it doesn't mean necessarily just a sunday morning a.m service right church is people right we get that church is is the called out ones. It's our brothers and sisters. So it doesn't have to be a Sunday morning setting. It can be at a grocery store. It can be at uh, one of our small groups. It can be in your home. It can, it can be anywhere, right? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be here. And he, and he says this, and some of you, okay, some of you are just going to have to deal with this verse, okay? Because I know sometimes we like to pick and choose out of the Bible what we, what we like and don't like. But I, this, is, this is just for some of you. Paul goes, I wish you all spoke with tongues. That's what Paul's saying to you this morning. Some of you are just going to have to wrestle with that a little bit. I like that. 
I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So this is what I've had happen a lot. Is somebody will talk about tongues or talk about a gift of tongue and then an interpretation. And somebody else will say, yeah, that's good, that's fine. But prophecy's better. And, then, and so it's a way of diminishing a gift of the Spirit. And what I've heard, what I've just, anecdotal evidence, just what I've seen after walking with Jesus for a lot, a lot of years, is a person that does that, they themselves aren't even operating in the gift of prophecy. So they discount something and elevate something else, yet they aren't even operating in that. And so it's not like one or other, it's like all of them. He wants all of them. And so, and he says here, if you, if you have a gift of tongue, if you, if you share a message in tongue, and, let, and it says, indeed, he interprets. So the, 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 most, the most perfect, or should I say the best way, or the most, I think, normative way in Scripture, that if you're the one that gives the message in tongue, that you yourself pray and ask the Lord to give you the interpretation. Because sometimes there's like drive-by tongues, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like when I first started pastor in this church, I'd never, I'd never operated. I never had a gift of interpretation of tongue. I never had that happen ever. And so I'd, I've been here a couple weeks, and and somebody in a service just starts, just real loud in tongues. I'm like, oh Lord, because I know, I know First Corinthians 14. Somebody needs to interpret. And when you're not the pastor, it's, oh well, that's his problem, you know, you know. Yeah, but now I'm the pastor, right? So I'm like, oh, Lord, what are we going to do about this? And so I, I get up, because that's what you do, and I explain this is a gift of tongue, and that the Bible says there to be an interpretation, so let's hear it. Silence. <laughs> Silence. And I'm like, all right, Lord. Do I tell them they missed it, or what do I do here? Because they're... And I began to have an understanding of what the Lord was trying to say. I didn't get it all at once. It wasn't like a download. It wasn't like a, 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 a software program that, you know, you see how the percentage of it is downloading at the time. What it was is I just began to get a sense of what the Lord was saying. And I just, as I began to share that, the Lord gave me the rest of it. And so, so I want to encourage you to be open to these. So interpretation of tongues is understanding, expressing the thought or the intent of the message in tongues. It is an interpretation, not a translation. I... You can Google stories about this online or you read it in different books. It's so amazing. I love hearing stories about people that are praying in tongues or people that give words of tongue, uh, a message in tongues. And there's somebody in the, in the area that speaks a language that is not known to the speaker and they hear their native language spoken. And I just think that's beautiful. We see that in, we saw that in Acts chapter 2. And so we re, when you're giving this message in tongues or you're praying in tongues, you really don't know what you're praying. But when it's a message of tongue at least, it's probably a known language somewhere at some time. And, then, and so it's not a translation, it's an interpretation. That's why the links between the message of tongue or the me- and the interpretation can be different because it's not a translation, it's an interpretation of what the content, of what the heart is of God that, that's being shared. Does this help? Is this helping you? All right, great. And so finally, uh, the third is we're going to come to the dynamic gifts. They're called dynamic gifts because of the dunamis, the dynamite as it is in the Greek uh, that David did just such a great job explaining last week. And so there's three of these. There's faith, there's gifts of healing, of healings, and then there's working of miracles. So the first one is faith. Faith is a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific 
situation. That and I've, I've seen this in my life where the Lord will give me a confidence for a person, for a situation, for something that's going on, and you just know that you know that you know God's going to take care of it and it's going to work out. And somebody asks, well, how do you know? I don't know how I know, but I know. And I'm not talking about the times where you're trying to convince yourself that you know. And you're trying to say, oh, yeah, I got, you're trying to muster up the faith. You're trying to believe. And that's good, right? You're exercising your faith. That's, that's not. That's us trying to exercise our faith, which is fine. But this is something that you just can't explain. That God has this. He has it covered. And he does. And he comes through. And it can only be explained by a gift of faith. And what it does, what it does is somehow in the supernatural realm, it moves things forward. See, that's what all of these are about. What all of these spiritual gifts are about is about the agenda of God, of what God wants to do moving forward in people's lives and, in, and on this earth. And so whether it's a gift of healings, uh, it's a gift of gifts of miracles, or whether it's a gift of faith, or whether it's a gift of prophecy, it's all about advancing his kingdom. It's all about moving somebody forward into things that God has for them. And the Holy Spirit doing that through us. It's how cool is it that he uses us? It's, well, it's so humbling, isn't it? It's so humbling that God would use us in that, in that atmosphere. The next one I want to talk about is, is gifts of healings. Ashish, would you, would you join me up here? Gifts of healings, supernatural endowments of divine health. Supernatural endowments of divine health. Is this one on? Let's see if we can get this one. There we go. This is Dr. Ashish Chalfin, and we were talking this week, and, and, uh, and he, you just came back from India, but did you get my text? I might have you tell the story of how you came to the church. Yeah. Okay, I think we got here. Let me, I'll let you use this mic. I think we got time. Let's take a couple, just a couple minutes, but it's a cool story how the Lord brought you to this church. Would you just, just want to share it real quick? Yeah, so I think, what, seven, eight years ago, I had uh, gone to New Zealand to meet my brother and... I really like the church service there. I mean, honestly, that's probably the first time I uh, changed from a nominal Christian to, a, you know, to being a real follower of God. And so when I came back, I was looking to find a church, and I thought, oh, Springfield, I mean, it's, I mean there's literally hundreds of churches here, so where do I start, God? <laughs> and uh, so I think that that day's clinic, the second person handed me a card uh, about Grace Chapel. So I kept that with me, and I don't know, one day I got the impulse to just drive, take a right instead of a left, and I came to the front entrance, and pastor was doing some stuff which I had some great interest in. There was a water purifier that they were looking yeah. at or working on. Yeah. And so that's how God brought me here, and that was amazing how he answered my prayer in such a dramatic fashion to me, I think. You know, she's where I remember you telling the story was that that morning you had asked the Lord, you'd asked the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you. Yeah. And then our friend who I'll name anonymous because of HIPAA, but uh, <laughs> no, she's told us, uh, she's not in this service, but she, but she, uh, one of the, one of the people in the church gave you a card and then you, cause you'd asked the Holy Spirit to lead you. And then at lunch that day, you came. Yeah, I had some was, spare time. Yeah, so it was the same day you came and it was great because Dr. Winkler and myself, a few others, Scott Glover, we were out in the front. We had this water purification system that we were looking to take to Haiti. And we had this all ripped apart. And you walk up and I introduce myself to you. 
And you introduce yourself to me. And it was like a divine connection that God brought you here. And so we're like, like, well, hey, jump in on this and let's look at this. And so that's how our relationship began. And then I remember a few years ago, we were over at the Elsesser's house. We we're having a missions task force meeting. Uh, she serves on this. On, it's a subcommittee of our church council. And uh, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge that he wanted to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And so I said, I said, Ashish, I think the Lord wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Do you want that? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. And so we prayed for you, and immediately you received that, and you began to speak in other tongues, or you began to pray in Indian. I don't know. I don't know which it. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. It was other tongues, but it sounds it's very Hindi. different. It's not than... Indian, is it? It's Hindi. Is that? Yeah, Hindi. Oh, Hindi, yeah, not Indian. I'm sorry. But, uh, and so you just went back to India, right, a few weeks ago. Yeah, so I went, I had to go on an urgent trip to India. My father-in-law was, uh, Zarina's dad was very ill, and um, I thought we should probably go see him in case he dies. And, you know, you want to see them not when they are buried, but when they are alive. Uh, my, Zarina's sister's mom was very ill, and we didn't really think she would survive. So I thought, let's go meet her. So with the midnight we landed, that morning we went and to a house and I had wanted to meet her because she, they are Hindus and I kind of had it, this thought was in my heart that I need to pray for her before she dies that, so that if she dies without the knowledge of God then she's not going to be saved, she's going to go to hell and I, I couldn't countenance that thought. So when I went into that room I you know, I did my medical stuff, and and she was clearly dying. She was, I mean, when you see a dying person, you know it. You don't have to be a doctor to do that. And then I asked, uh, I asked the, the Zarina's friend if I could pray for her. I was a little hesitant because they're Hindus. They're very staunch Hindus. So, you know, um, and there was this sense of I guess it's an oppression or what I just almost felt like there was death in the room. And so I prayed and I just thought back of all the things that I'd heard or read. And I just said, Lord, please heal her. Please don't let her die without um, your manifestation in her. And I said, I don't know how that's going to work if somebody's unconscious because she's not actually accepting God. But then I thought, okay, God's going to take care of it. And then I left. We came back a few days later. She was still very ill. And I told um, well, the, the friend, I said, you know, maybe read Psalm 91. And she had grown up in a mission school. So she used to go to chapel every morning. So she says, yeah, I know what that is. I've got a book of Psalms in the house. I said, okay, then just read that. And uh, that lady survived. She's actually... Some days ago, she was harassing the servants to make food for her. This is from a feeding tube, an unconscious dying to that. So clearly, this is nothing to do with any medical stuff. This is the work of God. Yeah. Can you guys thank the Lord for that? Hang on just a second, just Hang on just a second. I want to. I want to pray just real quick. One of the things that just um, grabbed my heart as I was visiting with Ashish this week is he talked about wanting to be, obviously he's a fantastic doctor, of wanting to be, of, of wanting to, to be able to give natural medicine, but saying also that he wants to begin to see gift of, gifts of healings 
begin to operate, that it's not just natural healings, but there's supernatural healings that happen. And so I want to pray for uh, Ashish, and I also want us to pray for this lady in India. Lord, I thank you for Dr. Chalfin. Lord, I thank you for his friendship. Lord, I thank you for how you use him. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would release spiritual gifts in his life in a very uh, profound, a very fresh way, Lord. Uh, Lord, that he would hear your voice and he would respond in faith. And, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit upon him. And, Lord, we pray for this lady in India. Lord, we thank you for healing her. Lord, thank you for doing what only you can do. And, Lord, if she, ha- if she hasn't given her life to you yet, we don't, we don't know. But, Lord, if she has, then, Lord, we pray strength for her. Lord, that that whole town, Lord, would turn around because of this healing. We see that happen in the Bible. We hear that happen around the world. And if she hasn't turned to you yet, Lord, that you would give her vision. Lord, you would, you, would, you would show yourself to her. And, Lord, that she would come to know you, Lord, and you would turn her life around, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Ashish. I appreciate it. Thank you. Amen. That's awesome. And then finally, working of miracles. That there's divine interventions that alter natural circumstances. And we serve a God who still does miracles because he is a miraculous God. That he can do things that we just, we can't do. Anybody here, have you ever, you ever seen the Lord been a part, have you ever seen the Lord do a miracle? Have you ever seen that? Look at these hands that are raised. You'd say, yeah, I know that there's a miracle that I've seen. Amen. That's, I mean, that's fantastic. Now we know that salvation is the greatest miracle of all. That coming to know him, that is the, and so, so we do know that, but there are, there are tangible, physical miracles that happen today, and I'm so, so thankful for that. So what I wanted to do this morning is, is explain that as a spirit-filled believer, as we walk in him, that these gifts are available to us, and that he will use them at different times in different places for us. Would you guys bow your head? I, I want to pray for you. What I want to pray is I just want to ask you, if you would, would you just open your hands before the Lord. And if you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you've not experienced that, would you ask Jesus even now to baptize you in the Holy Spirit? You say, Jesus, would you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? Would you fill me? Just say, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. If you don't know him as your Savior right now, cry out to him. Say, Jesus, save me. I give myself to you. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. And then let your next breath, let your next prayer be to be asked to be filled. And I pray right now, Lord, you would fill people with your spirit. Just right now, wherever they are that have not been filled with your spirit, you would fill them. If you feel an urge to begin to pray in another tongue that you've not learned, just begin to pray that out. Just begin to, just to let that flow. If you begin to receive prophecy, just begin to, just to speak the words that the Lord's given you even now. Lord, I pray, Lord, you would fill them in Jesus' name. You'd fill them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray for us. I pray for myself. Lord, we would have a greater be greater attuned to your Holy Spirit, and we would hear your voice. Lord, use us, Lord, in gifts, in charismatic gifts, Lord, in grace gifts. Lord, the name of this church is Grace Church. Lord, that we would be known for being a place where the gifts of grace are in operation, not as a badge, but Lord, as a, as a weapon, as a, as a, as a, as a use, Lord, to, to, to advance your kingdom and to drive back darkness. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for a fresh wind, a fresh pneuma, fresh blowing of your spirit in our lives and our church. Receive in Jesus' name. Receive in Jesus' name.